Hey everybody, welcome to another recap for All My Friends Are Undead. This week we will be covering a little bit of Session 20 information as well as 21 uh, since we missed the recap last time, so we're going to try to squeeze both of the episodes into one recap as much as we can. Um, I don't think there's as many questions with 20 other than like exactly how things worked maybe, so hopefully we'll be able to fit them all in and keep it near-ish the same time that you guys usually have as far as listening time. Um, but yeah, so let's get a brief recap of the the episodes, and then we can start asking questions. Uh, do we want to cover 20 first, give a recap of it, ask questions, and then give a recap of 21, ask questions? That seems like the easiest option. Rab That's is giving me a thumbs up while he eats something. <laughs> Chips. Chips. I thought it was a chip. I couldn't tell, though. Okay, uh, so, Mark, what is our brief recap of Session 20, and then we'll open it up to questions. You stopped the time loop with bears. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you said brief. That's about as brief as I can make it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what we did. We That other time loop we were in, we finally... Figured out I mean, what was simplest, going on and solved it. The simplest way I can sum it up is if, you, if you've been listening to the previous episodes, you already know what the time loop is about. And if you haven't been listening to the previous episodes, why the fuck are you here? Go That's back a pretty a good point. And then come talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> listen to the actual episode and then the recap. Even just listen to last week's recap. Like that will, that will answer the question of what's this about a time loop? That's true. True. All right. Well, uh, does anyone have questions or thoughts from that far back? I know it's been uh, almost two weeks since three session weeks. 20 now. So, Well, yeah, three weeks because we missed a, a whole episode of the show too. So if you guys oh, yeah. can remember anything and have questions, feel free to ask. I want to try something to see if it works. Okay. Goddamn COVID. <laughs> no. Nope, still here. <laughs> <laughs> I like your wait, thinking wait, though. Back backwards, because the the bears killed everyone, but but no no everyone, but but the the person who I'm tired tired. Ignore ignore meet me. That's okay. I am too. The core problem with that ultimately is that like there's like billions of particles of COVID, so even if they summoned up the bears, like, the bears would just kill, like, 48 Everything. of the COVID particles and then just disappear. Could be a decent amount there. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. Okay. Uh... Didn't I tell you? I, I get guess guess b- 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 my my own really uh, uh, the request question for twenty twenty fade the then eight eight the not not knowledge for fruit was this is a die die dying on the grant ground did shoved the the light life fruit fruit in in his mouth then did die would would did it possible for him him to die permanently if we we did not not the the book out 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 and did he did did before forty eight eight the life life fruit fruit no 
The only way that you would have been able to die permanently is if you directly interacted with the book, because that would have unmade you. I. I. So I had a question. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much explored everything uh, in the town. Right. Except for the police station. Right. So what would we have found there? What um, specifically, I guess I'm asking, you know, the dispatcher was saying deranged things over the radio. So if we interacted with her, what would that have been like? Good question. So if you had interacted with, well, you actually did interact with her at a couple of points. And uh, the first time you guys interacted with her, she like just responded as if to say, I, I didn't call anything in. What are you guys talking about? Uh, the second right. time you attempted to contact her, she didn't respond at all. So what fundamentally would have happened if you had attempted to go there before everything was like significantly going to shit, it just it just would have been the police station with her in it. <laughs> but if you had if you had gone there after a certain point, basically what would have happened is, like sometime around Act Two, uh, she basically disappears. So it's, it says it here: trying to confront Winifred's unorthodox messages in person is problematic. The characters find the doors and windows to the police station barricaded from the inside. When they return to check on her, if they manage to break in, they'll find nothing but Rufus the cat grooming himself on the floor. Any prisoners left in the cells are dead, blown apart by a shotgun before Winifred left for parts unknown. When characters leave the station again, Winifred continues her dispatches from the ether until the radio is completely destroyed. Not even unplugging the unit stops its haunting orders. <laughs> Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. There was a kitty cat? Yeah, I think that's truly the important point here is we missed a kitty cat. Yep. Hmm. Probably. I mean, you met a kitty cat. What happened with the cat? Probably what would would got 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 I mean, it doesn't say anything bad happens to the cat in the book. So, for the purposes of this exercise, we can fundamentally assume that it got unmade with the rest of the town. Yeah, that's the one thing that's kind of interesting to me is that, like, after the events of everything that happened, everybody went on to the idea of, okay, well, what do we ask God for, et cetera. Nobody really asked, like, okay, we resolved this. What happened to the town after that? I think we were all done with the town at that point. But, yeah, I would love to know what happened to the town after. I mean, my understanding, I thought, like, Kalka has ba had basically, I literally almost said Kafka uh, <laughs> <laughs> on accident. Um uh, my understanding was that Kalka told us basically like it would just go away anyways, so I wasn't really worried about it, I guess. But mm -hmm. fundamentally speaking, once the situation had been resolved and ever and like God had access to the town and had figured out like what the situation was, God deleted it. Mm -hmm. mm. Which makes sense, sense, sense. Yeah, like if, 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 if
if we resolve this situation, what what's this face to deal drink drink poison wine? You you you've got got the slut slut lately felt fell apart apart. Um, the when you when you guys redid everything, it restarted. Like everybody was alive at the end. Aww. The town was unfucked. Yeah, it was the town. Like there the was farmer came out into the barn where we right. were. Did, after yeah, he yeah, had but, been but, up on the did, cross and whatever. Uh, I, I guess this is really, really once we stop, stop, did it, did it, did it. That that did it stop 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 that do do try try trying to get get again. I mean, that's actually a thing that the book sort of asks the question about within the confines of its own narrative, sort of discussing the potential idea of is he ever going to try again? Uh, do you do you have to watch him forever? Do you do you have to just go and kill him, etc.? But again, it's like from the confines of what happened in this particular story, like God could have just deleted that guy and moved on mm -hmm. with his day. He, he actively erased the entire town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like all of those people basically spent, you know, a hundred years more or less in purgatory because one guy was a dumbass. <laughs> you guys went in and fixed the problem and now they're all dead. Like the, the, they're they're just erased. They just cease to exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, there weren't a whole lot that were important to save, to be honest. No, but still, the the, the point and simple fact of the matter is, is it's just like, just you know, like even if there's like a hundred people in that town, none of them had anything to do with this one dumb fucker who decided to try and like commit deicide. So mm -hmm. you guys resolve yeah. that, and all of these people are basically just forced into, like, 80, 80, 90 years of reliving the same miserable event for a day, and then they're just written out of existence. Yeah, but if you look at it deeper, it's like this town's been quarantined within time for so long. If we do let it go, what changes would come about because of it? Sure. <clears throat> It's just sort of interesting to look at it from the perspective of, well, you know, all of these people just got permanently deleted from history. Fuck off. Yeah. But if they were, did they ever exist? I mean, yes, you met them. <laughs> but if they were deleted from history, did they ever actually exist now to anyone but us and God? They weren't historically significant such that it makes a difference, but yes, they did exist. They just oh. stopped mattering in 1938. So, so if we, we were, were to say, go, go, ancestry.com, we could probably find direct record some of the people we met, met, met. Um, very minimal, yes. And it would only be people who actively remembered them in some capacity or another. They'd just remember, oh yeah, I used to have a relative that lived in this town. I don't know what happened to that town. It's just gone. Well, it makes sense. I have a relative to disappear, period. So, so. 
I have some relatives that oh shouldn't say that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that was about to go. I'm vaguely <laughs> so, concerned about that. But yep. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to roll back to that at some point. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, does anybody have anything else for twenty? Like I said, I know it's been like three weeks now, so it's not fresh on our mind like it usually is or anything. Uh, I mean, I know a couple of us talked a little bit about it, um, and I think I, this was asked um, whenever we did that, but I'll ask it again. Like, w- what else could we have done to knock the book off of that space um, we had to do? I mean, realistically speaking, finding anything with a degree of weight and using it, um, <laughs> like you probably could have grabbed like a particularly large board if there had been one around. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bear, bear, bears. My, my. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bears was brilliant. That was that was Iggy's most shining moment ever. Was the, yeah, the that was pretty. That was pretty good. I was very impressed. Yeah, that was very specifically. That was very specifically a case where we were talking about whatever, and he had mentioned it like in the conversation. Yeah, I think it was during a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he would just—he had just mentioned, like, oh, like what about doing whatever? And I just quietly DM'd him with, "I'll allow it, but keep that to yourself." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as you know, like as soon as I found out you could just call down bears on on things, I was like, okay, let's try this. <laughs> How can I use this outside of just having bears? Although calling bears to kill other bears didn't work out so well. So so we're back back again the the present 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 fine fine legally. I was just gonna gonna kill kill the net next to purse person to do insult salt make me. Yeah, so what happened last week? Well, you guys took a week off where you... Well, first you guys asked God for whatever it was that you had particularly wanted at the time. And each of you were given a boon from the Lord in some capacity or another. Then you guys, after having taken a week off to relax and do whatever, ended up going out to the Succubus Club and... sort of reintegrating yourself into the dipshittiness that is politics in the world of darkness. <laughs> so it was something of a case of, well, okay, on one hand, our decisions now have meaningful impact in some capacity or another, and we can, you know, die if we do things, but also fuck, a lot of these people are assholes, that kind of thing. Yeah, Damien very, very actively had a a, a, uh, a little bit of a reaction to, fuck, I have to deal with these fucking assholes again. Like, <laughs> I, like, oh, that's right, I'm just a child or a little shit. Like, I have to be all 
Yes, master. And I was like, fuck you. Shut up. Yeah. Now you can see why so many vampires kill so many other vampires. I 100% yeah. understand. I was about ready to, like, just stake Brennan right there in the fucking room. Like, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm uh, glad you didn't do that. Same, same, yeah. same. Because that, like, got, 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 didn't. All, 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 all of us killed. Yeah, a little bit. So uh, that brings me to, I guess, I, I think my biggest question for 21, which was, it kind of got alluded to uh, that um, Brennan might have been on a path as opposed to following humanity. And I was wondering if that was the case, and if so, which one? Um, because he seemed just so incredibly adamant that we had to murder this priest. Uh, so let me actually answer that question for you. Uh, no, Brennan, in point of fact, is not on a path. Not necessarily everybody who is an asshole is going to be on a path. There are paths are a lot more common, I find, in the Sabbat than mm -hmm. in the Camarilla. Just because the Camarilla broadly attempt to at least pretend that they have a certain degree of consistency within humanity, whereas the Sabbat completely eschew the idea of even pretending that humanity is a thing they give a fuck about. So you are more commonly going to see path-following in the Sabbat because the Sabbat aren't trying to pretend that they're people for lack of a better way of expressing it. Whereas the Camarilla vaguely at least wants to pretend that they are human beings because they more directly interact with humans. Uh, okay. So to answer the, for the, follow, the, uh, the other question, what the fuck was up with Brennan Thornhill? Brennan Thornhill's humanity is a two. <laughs> oh. Jesus oh. Christ. That's a yeah. animal. Yeah, he's, he's even lower on the humanity scale than fucking Loden is. Which, by the way, is also why a fucking guy with true faith touching him just fucking made him violently in pain. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that was the case. It's a good thing Phelan didn't touch him. <laughs> Phelan could have touched him, it was fine. What? But Phelan I mean, has true faith. He doesn't have level 5 true faith. Uh, right, correct. Yeah. The, the priest in question has quite literally level 5 true faith. So I don't know if this is something that you want to cover during the recap, because I know we talked about it offline. But uh, the pre... So this was a one-shot, basically. So we're moving on after this. Yeah. Uh, but the priest could possibly be an ally, correct? The priest is an ally. Um, because Phelan very specifically got on with him well, uh, he added a point of allies to Phelan's, you know, character sheet. Mm. so for for our viewers we can very definitively say he was not a hunter <laughs> yeah no i have i have no problem with attempting to express like what he was within the confines of this dude was not a hunter dude is not a bad person he fundamentally has no real idea 
that vampires even exist in the strictest sense of things because of the fact that the characters interacted well with him he's a very sociable guy and would actively go out of his way to be friendly with people so the fact that Phelan was not only directly sociable with him but also presented himself as being a man of faith the guy was like okay you know I'll be friends with this guy makes sense Makes sense. I I have the v- v- quest question. Mm. Brendan was get get fair fairly act actively hostile. Would there there have been a moment where he would would have attacked? I think Dane Dane in particular. Um, I don't think he would have necessarily attacked your group so much as. It was ultimately going to become a case where it was very much a peer pressure sort of situation, and the people in that group, or at the very least, I should say, Brennan, Gingus, and Sir, would have very much attempted to coerce your group into, again, just bowing to peer pressure, into doing what they asked you to do. If you had ultimately continued to reject that, they probably would have taken it upon themselves to, you know, go and talk shit about the lot of you, and it might have negatively impacted your overall social cash in the vampiric world of Chicago, but nobody was going to try and kill you over it necessarily unless you started throwing punches yourselves. Mm -hmm. I... More than likely what would have happened is if you had not calmed down Brennan and had not killed the priest yourself, uh, Brennan and Sir would have probably made an attempt on Coleman's life and failed badly. So you're saying Coleman can box? No, they, they, they just would have fucked up. Like, the book very specifically makes it a point that the the only way you would have definitely been able to kill him if you guys had actually tried probably would have been poisoning him. Mm-hmm. Because... Sorry? What do the you priest. mean? The priest, okay. Yeah, the priest. Because, like, okay, any attempts at physically assaulting the guy, like, if you had decided to go fucking mug the guy in an alley or some shit, mm-hmm. he... Touching him would have been very difficult. Mm-hmm. As you recall, when you guys went up against him, everybody except Phelan had to make humanity rolls and courage rolls uh, to avoid, you know, basically, as we discussed, who was it that botched? Xanthra. Uh, yeah, as we discussed, if Xanthra had double botched, like, she literally would have frenzied, run into the bathroom, and just, like, dove headfirst into a toilet. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I kind, been of like, kind of would like to have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> right? But in any case, so getting, uh, getting him away from people no. because people are generally drawn to Coleman would have been very difficult. Mm-hmm. But you also would have had to have very much gotten it to a point where you as a character weren't just sort of 
physically revolted to be in his presence for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And then you would have also had to have tried to kill him at that point. Mm -hmm. Would it have been possible? Maybe. Would it have been very difficult? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would not. It would not have been super easy to do that. And we all have good, good human, human, Brent, 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 Brennan with his two, two, two. Right. Also, if you had attempted to kill him, it would have absolutely been a humanity check. Like it would have, you would have absolutely suffered a humanity loss for killing the guy because, by all indications, he's he's just a guy. He's he's just a nice, normal guy. He's not trying to do anything fucked up. And you're gonna fucking murder this guy? What the fuck is wrong with you? You know. Yeah, Damien. Damien, as a leader, was not gonna allow that to happen unless he had absolutely no other fucking choice. Right. And everybody else basically seemed like, from a character perspective, like Phelan absolutely didn't want to kill the guy, and everybody else like didn't want to be around him, but you know, seemed to be okay enough with him. Yeah, because Damien, with the with the humanity of eight, he's sitting here going. There, why I'm not going to kill a priest. I don't have any reason to kill this person. There's no, you're insane thinking that he's a hunter. I'm not going to do this. Like that just went completely against all of all of Damien's like humanity, basically. Um, so yeah, yeah like, if he had been forced to do it, then I would have totally expected, or I probably would have suggested <laughs> myself. I think Damien needs to lose humanity for this. Yeah, but but again, it wasn't going to be a case of he, nobody was ever going to force you to do it because. Again, they were all a bunch of fucking bitches who didn't want to do it either. Um, they just would have. They just would have very much just been like. They they would have very much. It would have been like fucking kids on the playground, fucking trying to double dog dare you into fucking killing the priest. <laughs> Genghis was the only one who was actively willing to go with the characters to do this kind of stuff, and even he would have had like a little bit of a problem getting involved in that. Not because of having any sort of particularly high humanity or anything, just because like for some reason it just it just feels off putting. Mm -hmm. And I think I think Genghis might be the person who has humanity of that particular group of people, actually. Uh, the highest? Nope, nope, sir has a humanity of seven. Sir has a humanity of seven. I don't oh, know, wow. sir. Um, can you tell us more about Portia, Portia? What would you like to know about her? I just, don't, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about her. Correct. Oh, so she, would you? Well, okay, maybe I should ask, is she going to show up later? I don't know, actually. Probably, okay. but, so... I mean, we just kind of here's, know here's where the, everyone here's else the out of character so. knowledge that is worth noting here. Okay. Right. You notice that to the extent that they interacted with her at all, the 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 three guys in that room basically kind of were like, "Whatever, we don't fucking care about this woman." Blah blah blah. Fuck her. They didn't really acknowledge her in any meaningful way. She was yeah. sitting in, but they didn't they didn't really interact with her in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So, she is kind of, sort of, acknowledged by 
some people in the town, in the area, as being notable to some level or another. But they, they basically don't really know much about her, so they just kind of... They acknowledge that, like, oh, I guess she's probably important or something, but they don't they don't really have any knowledge of who she is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, again, this is all out of character, and if I catch you guys using this as in-character knowledge, I'm going to fucking make you get a hurt on for it. Uh, <laughs> so this is Helen of Troy. Holy shit. Oh. I'm kind of mad. I, I kind of, now I kind of want to forget because I would, I would love to see my facial reaction to that. <laughs> she's never, it's never going to come up. It's probably never going to come up in the confines of the narrative, but yeah, she's a fucking fourth gen vampire. God. God why, 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 why do they call calling her, her, her neophyte? <laughs> because it, 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 it's, it's to her benefit to be acknowledged as nobody who's worth a shit. Right. Also, she was in Torpor until like. 10 years ago so she's kind of rebuilding her strength to give you an idea her her stats list as what she's at right now versus what she's actually capable of doing when she's at her proper statistical capabilities mm-hmm. her strength right now is a five oh, when she God. gets out of torpor she's a seven Jeez. <clears throat> yep. and you're also confusing neophyte and neonates neonates new vampires generation eight and up i believe it is mm-hmm. right She's relatively new in town, but they don't they don't even specifically know who she is. She's pretending to be a woman named Portia. Mm-hmm. But like there's no real reason for it. She just doesn't want people knowing who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I get that. So what was the point of her being there at all? Um, just to sort of establish her in the story. She will she will show up again to some extent or another, though whether or not she will play a particular role that is of any kind of value remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's to sort of establish who she is as a character and just sort of be like, oh yeah, I, I remember her, that kind of thing. But yeah, she is she is one of the most powerful vampires in the city. Her and uh, her and fucking Damien. Oh yeah, that's right. The other Damien. The other Damien. <laughs> I, was about to say, I was like, I know it's the other Damien, but she like let it off me like, right, I know. <laughs> Secretly, Damien is like Rep's character is a uh, generation fourth. It's randomly. <laughs> yeah, also also for reference purposes, when she's at her maximum capability, her appearance is an eight. God, I mean, listen, we know the stories. Well, she's uh, she's also a Toreador. So she's gonna be nice to Iggy regardless. Aha! <laughs> I meant meant to do more more long long little lines. Would would did he get get stuck stuck stare stare stare? Oh, he absolutely would. But she's only at a five right. She's only at five right now. So only. Like, how did she go from being a five to an eight? Is like does like four No, no. But I mean, like, what does that physically look like? What does that actually happen? Bless. Um, her skin just becomes more perfect and pure and, and like, doll-like, almost. So, when um, you first wake up in the morning, do you look as pretty as you do later in the day? 
I mean, I do, but like, <laughs> I, don't know, I just look like shit all the time. True. <laughs> oh, sorry. I can I I have a way I have a way that I can express it, but it's very it's 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 very unfortunate. Um, she pumps okay. up in all the right places. Look at look at Rab right now. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Then okay. look at Rab when we do our shows on Monday. <laughs> I did actually just wake up. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do she not lives. look great right now. I look like shit. I need a shower. So, so right. basically, me, me first, first. This is all the make makeup. I put put on on Monday days. I didn't want to say that, but yes. <laughs> Wait till I turn my camera on. Look, we all look like shit. It's fine. Let's just fucking move on with our day. Anyway, the point is. So, yeah, she is quite literally at the bedhead portion of her having just woken up part of existence. Mm. Uh, that's the best explanation ever. She has bedhead right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She has seven, like eight. 400 years of fucking bedhead. <laughs> Actually, how long had she been asleep? Um, uh... That'd be some really intense people? bedhead, though. Uh, 1820. To 2020. Yeah. So, literally, oh. she's got 200 years of bedhead going on Jesus. right now. <laughs> she, woke up, she woke up in 2019, and it's just like, oh, What the fuck? My fucking mouth tastes like death. What the fuck? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and, again, she's, she's a fourth-generation vampire. Third generation vampires are the ones that ins that inspired the existence of all of the clans. Also, the only way they can get back to their maximum capability at third generation is to drink the blood of other vampires. Which brings about the weekend nightmares. Um, it was their antediluvian who woke up. Yes, the antediluvian is the one that woke up, but. Like, the reason the Week of Nightmares started is because they fucking made a bunch of shovelheads and threw them all into fucking death. When, like, a thousand people from your clan die at once, yeah, it's gonna wake up. It's gonna wake up Big Papa, and Big Papa's gonna be mad. Yeah, but him actually going across the continent and diabolizing everybody at the well, end. Yeah, well, but not he just fucking end. opened his mouth and blood just fell into it. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, is that she is she is like easily the most powerful fucking being in the city. <laughs> but she's just kind of hanging around. She's just kind of chilling. chilling. Yeah, she's like, oh, Meh, I got nothing to do. I'm glad we had a good interaction with her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or did we? I'm glad, you know, we hit good first impressions. She doesn't hate us. That's that's probably a positive. <laughs> that's the battle. Yeah, role-playing hints. You are the greatest. Act accordingly. <laughs> it's a pretty solid hint, though. Yeah, I mean, like, her discipline Her discipline list is fucking gross, too. Fucking oh. auspects of seven, celerity of five, dominate of eight, fortitude of five, obfuscate of five, potence of four, presence of five, and thaumaturgy of three. 
fight. <laughs> so she would just wreck everything in their in their room. She could she could kill Loden without difficulty. Yes. Fallon's gonna hit it. I I, I was waiting not. for. So... <laughs> Try. I might hit it. Fallon's not gonna hit it. Yeah, I was about to say Iggy might. Look at their Toreador. Toreador like other Toreador. Toreador like other Toreador. That's just that's just how it is. To Ellen? I mean, listen, whole countries box over her, okay? Like like history. We know the stories. Yeah, good, 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 yeah, she went to Torpor. Yes, she was born in 1200 BC. Yeah, that's why I was like, I was like, I'm a little confused. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, she was she was running around for a while. Basically, um, basically, like the core idea of it, as they explain it, is that she fucking ran off with Prince Prius, uh, to avoid fucking Minos, Ooh. because Minos was ugly and gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. Okay. I had other so, questions, but now I don't know if I want the answers to them. Cause... <laughs> okay. You have to ask them. Yeah, now I'm curious. Well, I was just going to ask if the protesters were sent, sent by Modius or not. Yes. I, don't, I didn't remember if we got a definitive answer on that during the game. So. Yes. It, yeah. it, it was. It's, it's kind of sort of strongly implied, but... Uh, the basic idea is that Modius very specifically like wanted to prove that he remains a threat to Loden, so he he sort of like stirred up all of this shit to go visit the Succubus Club. But there's a reason why Lodius is Modius is the guy who runs Gary and not the guy who runs you know Chicago, mm-hmm. um, because. Modius didn't really do very much involved in all of this. He's just kind of like, hey, just he just got everybody wound up, and then he was like, all right, fucking go to Chicago and do whatever. It it literally did not occur to him that you know the father the the the, the reverend was going to go up there with them, hmm. and. If he had known that Coleman was going up there, like he almost certainly would have put a stop to it, mm-hmm. because that caused that had the potential of causing a much bigger problem than he was aware of. Like this, this could have very quickly become a massive threat to the masquerade if it had been left unchecked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that he let that go is the reason why he's the dipshit who runs Gary and not the guy who runs Chicago. He doesn't he doesn't have any sort of real eye for detail. He he doesn't 
he doesn't really think about things in the way that you need to in order to ensure that you don't ruin the entire fucking everything for all mm -hmm. vampires everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yes, it was very much Modius trying to stir up shit because he's a dumb a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the story it was also kind of confirmed when Coleman went around to the youth pastors and then... yeah he very specifically went around with the picture that Phelan sent him and he was like yeah I oh, recognize yeah, that guy right. yeah, I recognize that guy yeah I recognize that guy uh, and everybody was sort of like oh yeah I recognize I recognize this person and it's like hmm kind of uh, kind of interesting that everybody recognizes this guy isn't it Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah which that. I mean ultimately was what Damien was able to use to get Brennan back down. Correct. Once once Brennan ultimately figured out that Modius was involved in it, he was like Really? That's interesting. Okay, I'll I'll sort of let this go. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, does anybody have other thoughts, questions, anywhere else to go with what we're talking about? Uh, just from a player knowledge perspective, I was just curious, what is uh, Phelan's actual true faith level? Three. Three? Yeah, so he can't, he can't touch you and make you, you know, shit yourself in pain or anything like that. His true faith is a bit... Like it's still, it's still higher than like the average person, but it's lower than, it's lower than, um, Coleman uh, was, for example. Yeah. Truly pious priest, somebody who turns their life over to it completely. Right. Exactly. Like, let me see. They have Coleman's sheet here. Let me see. Um. Yeah, they don't really specify it on his sheet, but he would have a true faith of five. Mm -hmm. He has a humanity of ten, a willpower of ten, mm -hmm. uh, a conscience, a self-control, and a courage of five. Damn. So, like, yeah, he is... Truly a good, good man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, is, he is probably the best person that you have met up to this point. That's not saying a lot. No, <laughs> no, it really isn't. But I mean, you know, in the world of darkness, people are frequently shite. So, yeah. it also gives Fallon somebody to talk to and possibly further story considerations. Mm hmm. That was all I had. Is Fallon going to be the first kindred priest that preaches to kindred? <laughs> he could be. Well, I mean, there have been other people, like specifically, I think it was in the Dark Ages, there was a priest who was uh, 
embraced. And he's actually on the red list now, I think. Uh, he is a he is a, a red Alistor, yes. Yeah, okay. But there is um there is a, a gargoyle who is uh that faithful as well. But he doesn't really mm. preach to anybody because he's a fucking gargoyle and nobody fucking listens to gargoyles. Damn. And even when he did he screwed it all up. <laughs> well, yes. But let's see. Um at Phelan is at three points of true faith. Uh he's able to sense the presence of a vampire. Uh, and if he wasn't already vampiric, he could purchase the awareness skill. Um, so, like, that's that's not really particularly beneficial. <clears throat> the first couple of levels of true faith are basically just a case of giving mortals the ability to wield off, to, to like, you know, to sort of, like, ward off vampiric shit. So they're not going to inherently be beneficial mechanically to Phelan. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, it was it was more or less of a case of he actually has this faith, whether or not it necessarily does him any good, he still has it. Mm -hmm. At rank five, which is what Coleman has, he is so holy that he can fill a vampire with self-loathing, disgust, terror, and even physical pain. Any vampire who hears him pray, preach, or recite psalms, or who is touched by him, must be maybe forced to flee immediately. A vampire who is unable to flee is reduced to a gibbering wreck, flailing on the floor and screaming, sobbing, or begging forgiveness. Mm -hmm. To avoid fleeing, the vampire must either expend a willpower point or make a stamina roll each turn. Uh, at a difficulty of 5 plus their own intelligence, the higher the vampire's intelligence, the higher the difficulty as the more tortured and guilty they feel. Huh. That would have just opened up a whole can of worms role-plan-wise for me, too, so... Yeah, it's a good thing that I'm not that high. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that Phelan has true faith allows him to sort of approach and not have to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm... I am filled with revulsion and blah, 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 and whatever the shit. He can approach the reverend and it's not a fucking major pain in the ass for him as a character but as you saw the other the other players consistently had to freaking roll for just even getting near to him I love, love how how you you born like like you you'll be 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 reduced to do a stuff stuff mess yeah, it's like you're going to be reduced to a stuttering mess, and Mal's just like, oh. <laughs> okay. Well. He's just role-playing my life. Yeah, she's like, I'm putting no effort in today. Hey! <laughs> that, Fuck, there's three real 5e. There, there, there's my, my ex, ex Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Um... What else do you guys got? Anybody have anything else, or are we, uh, is that about everybody's notes and thoughts so far? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Not... <laughs> well, guys, that's... I'm honestly just trying to figure out what I want to do for the show on Monday. It's a good thing that's uh, a little over 24 hours away. <laughs> you got yeah. plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. 
uh, my life motto is fuck it. We'll do it live. So, you know, whatever, man, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> oh God. I'm sure you'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for the recap. Thank you for listening. Sorry again, we missed uh, session 20. So hopefully this mixture kind of answered most of those questions. Uh, if not, you can feel free to ask us. Um, in the YouTube comments on session 20, uh, you know, on Twitter, you can tweet at myself or Mark. Um, or in Discord, you can ask us there as well. Uh, but yeah, guys, we're going to close up the recap for now, and we will be back tonight on Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on twitch.tv slash mpicreates, as always. Uh, we will see you guys there. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.